Welcome to Rainbow Soul Vodcast, where our soul astrology comes forward to help you manage your everyday life with forecasts and deep dives on natal charts and queer perspectives on the planets, transits, and more. A group discussion about upcoming transits with tips on how to read these transits in your own chart. Hollis offers years of wisdom and natal chart knowledge with Brighthawk's positive perspective and Lacrosse's inquiry. We offer the complete queer astrology experience. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. Please help us by subscribing, sharing, and commenting and reviewing. You can also learn where else Rainbow Soul is offered on our website at rainbowsoul.show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soul Astrology Forecast for January 9th, right? Through yeah. the 15th. Correct. <laughs> and we welcome you. My name is Hollis Taylor. I'm one of the astrologers here and um, you can check me out. I do private readings and those kinds of things and you can check it out at divineandrogen.com. Hi there. I'm Bright Hawk. Uh, I'm a musician, storyteller, astrologer, author of The Dancing Hippo, uh, an award-winning gender-neutral Beautiful storytelling book, a storybook, a uh, story about resilience, and uh, <laughs> try not to have that fall on me. And um, that's probably there we go. <laughs> and you can learn more about me at brighthawkproductions.com. And <laughs> I'm Lacrosse, master jack of all trades, a master of none, a professional student. Um, just had two books out, uh, The Fool's Journey, uh, Color Tarot Journal, um, and The Wands. I'm working on the next of next set. Um, it's a series of five books. And uh, yeah, that's me. That's okay. great. Fantastic. And you can get the links to LaCrosse's books and the link for all three of us. You can get our links in the description. And we hope that you um, enjoy this this uh forecast and i just want to say that you know the intention of this is it's not so much about predicting the future it's more about knowing the vibrations that are coming so that you can sort of sail through the week um and so that you can find some be prepared sometimes i find that it's a little bit easier to be prepared um to just kind of coat, you know, to get through, go, okay, I know this day is going to be rough. So make sure I do my yoga that day or whatever <laughs> needs to be done so that you can um, manage yourself in a better way. So I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. I always think that when we look at the astrological weather, the soul astrology weather, um, it helps us know how to surf it, you know know what day has surf, what day is going to be calm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's appropriate to know, uh, know for you, your map to the stars and how to ride the energy in a good way. So that's our intention is to hopefully save you some time, eliminate any frustrations we can, and hopefully give you an opportunity to sail through the week. Yeah, 100%. excellent, excellent. 
All right, Hollis, shall we start with one of your beautiful grounding rich uh, meditations? Sure, mm -hmm. let's take a minute to take a little meditation. Take a moment to sort of release any stress or tension you might be holding in your body. And just allow yourself to float into outer space, to be in space. And you might float past the moon and the planets slowly, one by one. You sort of just kind of float by them and watch them rotate. Watch them going around. As you just sort of float beyond those and go on past Saturn, and even Pluto passes you by. start to notice that it's just kind of empty darkness at the edge of the universe where there's just dark expansive and the only light is a light glow from the sun. you float there in space, you allow yourself to be one, one with the universe, allowing your body to be fully in the universe. Take a moment to imagine a beautiful manifestation of the coming year of yourself within it, of feeling that beautiful manifestation of being happy, healthy, strong, and on your path, and knowing you're doing the right thing, confident. And as you embrace that confidence, you can feel it. It just makes you feel grateful to feel confident. 
you can see yourself walking through the coming year completely authentic and confident. Loving that part of you. Not only accepting it, but loving it. Loving your most authentic expression. And you can feel grateful. Grateful to be celebrated. To be loved you notice that grateful feeling in your heart put your hand on your heart just feel that peace that warmth within your heart that gratitude to warm your heart center area. Feel that warmth in your center. And allow yourself to come back to planet Earth. gratitude and warmth in your heart leading you in confidence and authentic expression and as you head back heart center first to planet earth you can feel that you are changed and so has everyone around you they are ready to love you to love your confidence and your authenticity come back into your body keep your heart warm with gratitude and your soul confident and authentic your toes and feel 
the confidence and the authenticity in your body. here and now and know that now there are more people in your life that are ready to love you as an authentic confident human being beautiful music nice meditation thanks so um the first oops i'm going to bring up her little uh, there we go <laughs> all right so bright colors <laughs> 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 it's actually a theme I just chose. And, oh, <laughs> and I was like, my. yes, okay, well, you know. Your new theme. Hey, that's <laughs> right. We're done with that whole Christmas Miami thing. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have saved it for spring. Yeah, it's but, all you know, good. It's whatever. rainbows. It's rainbows. There you go. Rainbow Soul Astrology. Right. We are thematic. <laughs> so on January the 9th, which is the beginning of the week, right? It's right. Monday. The biggest thing that I noticed is that, first of all, we have a stellium in, uh, in Capricorn. Now, what's a stellium? A stellium is when you have more than two planets in in one sign or in one house. Okay. And, um, it just, it, like, people wonder what it means. It kind of means that all of those planets or whatever, or, you know, if they're asteroids or whatever, it's going to kind of mix it up like a big pot, okay? So, having a lot of things in Capricorn makes me think about the rules, yes, and the system, and it also makes me think a little bit about structure and even um maybe around work like this week is going to be kind of themed about what is the work in the world that you're doing well that's very capricorn you know happy birthday capricorn mm -hmm. uh capricorns and that capricorn's strength is being able to be very solid in work and and can see the big picture and yeah capable yeah, Capricorn has a lot of strength in that way. And also Capricorn can hold a really great structure and whatnot around things. They can they can put a structure around things at home or whatever they're working in. They can put a structure in it that can really help that can help feel solid. 
-hmm. help you feel solid in something. So if you're feeling like there's some talk or some movement around structure and things like that, that's what's going on. Now, there are a few squares, um, mostly with like Mercury um, squaring um, in, I got, th these are, you know, the Chiron is the one that I was thinking of, and I'm not sure why I pulled up the MC and the AC. It's not supposed to do that. <laughs> um, but um, but Chiron, I know, is squaring Mercury in this week. Yeah. Right. And so Chiron is kind of um, – Chiron's about our our wounded healer, right? So it's sometimes it's about your wounds, especially childhood wounds. Or old things, old wounds that now make maybe make you act a little differently. And if Mercury's squaring it, or even Pluto, um, or sorry, or the Sun, if the Sun or Mercury are squaring it, it's gonna kind of feel a little bit like maybe you need to talk about it maybe you need to bring it up maybe you need to process it out loud with somebody so if you're feeling called to like a counselor or a coach or something or just talking to a friend about some old shit, do that great time to do that yeah it's a good time to do that because it probably help you work it out with chiron and aries it'll help you work out those old things it's not a hugely intense day or anything no it's uh, as the week goes, this is, uh, you know, nice, it's nice energy because Monday's the moon's day. And so moon is trining Chiron. So the moon is shining on the healer. The moon is um, having a, you know, there's a sweetness going on there. And so Chiron is in Aries is about what are you doing about your health? What are you doing to help others? It's, there's action related to Chiron and Aries. And, and when you then put it with other things, that it flavors the conversation. So the, the sweet spot <laughs> on Monday, if you will, is that trine, moon trining Chiron. The tension, the squares and the oppositions, the moon is in opposition to Saturn. So Saturn, as we know, is finishing up in Aquarius and Aquarius is across the sky from Leo. So the moon, by the way, is sitting in Leo. It's a waning gibbous moon because remember on the sixth, we had a full moon. Now it's the ninth. And so the moon is in Leo. And when the moon is in Leo, it's uh, very uh, affectionate. It <clears throat> has an instinct for leadership. Uh, the Leo moon is exuberant. It's shiny, you know, it's um, fire, right? So there's um, broad-mindedness, there's colorfulness, there's um, appreciation for good time, good good things. On the, you know, on the challenge side of a Leo moon, there could be self-indulgence, there could be self-centeredness, there could be conceitedness, you know, you can see that. Um, and the the gift in Leo is is that shine, that instinct for leadership, that ability to look out for others, to have a really big picture about, and that's what makes a good leader, right? Is not is somebody who's not myopic, but somebody who can see the big picture and go, okay, so this is this is what I'm seeing. This is how we could move forward, right? Leo, 
uh, Leo Moon is, um, is, is, there's a sweetness there. So um, the waning gibbous moon, a waning moon is always the shedding, right, of what needs to let go, what do we need to clarify, okay, we're done with that, let's finish the project up and put the stuff away, um, any kind of housekeeping, because again, you have all that Capricorn energy, so, you know, things like that could be appropriate in a waning moon. So, the, the tension part comes with the opposition to Saturn, for sure, um, but um, it can be a conversation, too, right? And so, um, all things considered, it's, you know, it's a gentler day. You know, things get going, things get heating up, and uh, Monday's Moon's Day. <laughs> that's interesting this that and like from the beginning of the week this is like a lot of the goose energy because we're still in the goose season right and the stellium uh geese are known for always improvement to their nests to their homes they're always looking for something to improve and i found that interesting that that stellium is pretty much like you know getting things in order you know uh and also with the Chiron, that's a big thing because geese are known to literally, if they see that someone else is ill, like if someone, one of the other geese are ill or um, they can't keep up, they will fly out of formation and create a new formation for them and protect them at the same time, which goes into that, that Chiron. It's like almost like getting yourself out of your comfort zone to help heal, help somebody else heal. Mm -hmm. And, wow. you know, I think sometimes like it's the wounded healer for a reason, because you're, you're not, it's not something comfortable that you want to do. It's, it's uncomfortable. And right. that's why you're able to help somebody else heal or heal yourself. So I just see like really a lot of the, the goose energy there on that day. Wow, yeah, especially with the Chiron. Yeah, Chiron yeah, is... That's beautiful. I love how you brought that story full circle. That's beautiful, yeah, because the, the, I was just thinking about the goose. and mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I didn't know geese did that. Yeah. Right? So that's good that they help each other out because that's what we all need to do. And that's kind of, I think, that's kind of the overall message of Chiron, like mm -hmm. the big message. So, Okay. And on the 10th, thank you very much, Cos. I yeah. appreciate that. The 10th is really, we're having the same energy, that same energy with still a bunch going on in Capricorn, and it's kind of quiet. So I was kind of interested to see that it was kind of quiet. I know, right? Well, Tuesday, Tuesdays is Mars's day, and Mars and the moon are having a conversation. It's a square, so there could be some tension around that and remember we still have mars retrograde in gemini but guess what i'm so excited to tell you the most exciting thing about this week i can't hold it anymore <laughs> is the fact that it comes out of retrograde on the 13th so i know i have two more days but really that is the biggest news it, it'll be such a flipping relief when mars goes direct but 
on Tuesday, Mars's day, it's still a couple more days, just hanging out mm-hmm. there in Gemini, so about you might 80 be, degrees. So I'm thinking you might be like getting things together and hopefully hoping things will go forward, but maybe dealing with the foundation that has well, to do with that. Wait till we get to tomorrow, because tomorrow is a beautiful day. It's a light up day. So the Tuesday, we're on Tuesday, we have a square to Mars, and we also have a square uh Oh, it's that same T-square energy with Aries. It's that same multiple planets squaring in Aries. So Tuesdays, you know, it'll have its moments, but it shouldn't be too bad. Um, Wednesday, I can't wait to talk about Wednesday and Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, come on, get there now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, Okay, so Wednesday's Mercury's day, okay? And the... um, Oh, and I didn't say Virgo. Once the moon moves into Virgo, of course, Virgo represents intelligence and specificity, practicality, um, meticulousness, industriousness, intelligence, um, very responsible, very steadfast. This is all Virgo moon um, uh, positives. The challenge side of a Virgo moon could be critical, uh, uh, high striving, you know, really sets a high bar and is surprised that other people can't perform at that level. Um, can be argumentative because they're usually right. <laughs> um, can be a hypochondriac. Um, but really, a Virgo moon. A Virgo moon is a thoughtful approach to life. A thoughtful approach to life. I think that summarizes it the best way. So Wednesday, Mark Virgo moon. Check it out. Three grand trines. Yeah, Barbara. And that's like blessing, blessing, blessing. You have so many blessings. Everything's going right. It feels so good. Plus a yod, which is a finger of God. And the pointer if we were showing you the visual, the pointer is the moon. So the moon in Virgo, thoughtful, practical approach to life, right? So we um, we have a lot of trine energy, which I'm going to let you talk about. And um, the other thing that I would say about the trines is that it, they're all earth energy. So grounded, practical, structural, uh, planning, you know, grounded earth right Mm -hmm. and the earth signs of course are capricorn taurus and virgo virgo Mm -hmm. of course (laughs) (laughs) so So. (laughs) take it away okay grand trine 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 so yeah so we have a couple of trines trine trine and (laughs) she's saying three grand trines there are three grand trines so there's the one with the moon mercury and the north node now the moon's in virgo so Brighthawks just explained that, but the North Node is in Taurus, and that's really about our destiny. And, um, you know, right now the destiny is still trying to unwind uh, because I believe that when the nodes, the nodes are typically in retrograde, okay? And when they're in retrograde, I believe that it's trying to unwind your future. Okay, so it's kind of trying to unwind the potential for your future, although I believe all potentials are are possible. Okay, 
but how you get there might look very similar regardless of which one you're going to okay and so i believe all potentials are possible which essentially means that whatever you want to come true is possible but you may need to make it come true especially with north node and taurus because taurus is kind of like it's it's kind of like taurus and capricorn both kind of have this trait and virgo does a little bit but Virgo is a little bit gentler about it. But the trait is essentially, if you want to get to the end of the line, if you want to get to your goal, you're going to have to walk there. You're going to have to take the steps. You're going to have to go through what you have to go through to get there. That's going to mean jumping over that hill and ducking under that and going around that and building this so that you can get across the water. Whatever it is, okay, that's what North Node and Taurus, I feel like, that's especially what it's asking you to do. It's showing you the way on this day. You may see the clear way, and Mercury and Capricorn could even in inspire you to talk to somebody about it like a friend or somebody else that's involved in your dream or something like that. But it's going to help you come together in a way of really seeing this dream, which is really good for this year. Great way to begin the year to start manifesting these destinies and these dreams. Because when Saturn, when Saturn does move into um, Pisces. Pisces, it's going to help sort of solidify those dreams. Okay. So, Play with your dreams. Allow your dreams to come forth because you're going to probably feel them on this day, especially also with the Yod pointing at that moon in Virgo. But it's going to probably be in a more practical way. Like, hmm, I would really like to do such and such for a living. I think I'm going to probably have to get this certification or get these things set up in my business to make my business run a little bit smoother so that I can focus on my customers instead of scheduling them, right? Okay, and that's like some of the things that I try to help um, like psychics and stuff. You don't wanna be having to, if you're a psychic or a coach or something like that, you don't wanna have to be messing around with scheduling and collecting money. You wanna be just focusing on your work. And that's what that yod's gonna help you do. It's gonna push you towards that and it's going to pull from whatever your belief systems that are keeping you from doing that. With Venus in Aquarius, it could really push you to think out of the box with that yod. And the other grand trine is very similar because it's all in the earth signs. So it's going to help you set up a foundation, a system, a way of doing things. And so on this day, on January 11th, I'm going to say if you have contracts, if you're like, oh, Hollis, I was trying to wait till Mercury came out of retrograde to sign that contract. But it's not always that black and white, meaning don't, if you really had to sign a contract during Mercury retrograde, do it on this day. I would do it on January 11th, especially if you're seeing that you've been working on this for a long time. You're like, well, I've been working on this for a long time. Finally, I can sign the contract and we're in Mercury retrograde. Ah, I'm going to say, give it to the 11th and then do it then. Okay. And there are a bunch of us who have Mercury retrograde. So, you know, again, could be that perfect window. 
Mm -hmm. This is a perfect window to go ahead and commit to those things or allow things to fall into place, especially if they have something to do with your structure or the way things work for you, especially around work. Great. <clears throat> okay. All right. And the 12th is very similar because we're still we're still uh, with that stellium. We still got a party going on in Capricorn. I, I don't always call them stelliums. I'm like, you got a party going on in whatever. So um, <laughs> Thursday, the 12th, is Jupiter's day. And so the um, moon is still in Virgo. It's void in Virgo because it's the very last degrees of Virgo. And um, it's opposing Neptune and Jupiter. So there's that, again, there's that tension between, um, bet across the sky, but on the cool side, you still have a trine going on with the sun and the moon. There's still that trine from the previous day. There's still a trine going on with Pluto, which is kind of a big deal. And, um, so there's, so there's that energy, you know, so you could feel how it builds and then it you know it moves into something else now the big news is the next day the 13th let's go there baby okay. let's go there because i just can't wait to get to the 13th <laughs> mars will finally go direct at 8 8 <laughs> 8 degrees and 8 minutes in gemini it has been retrograde for so long and I feel it so intensely because it is on my ascendant in the 12th house. And so when Mars goes retrograde for six or seven months, six and a half months, I think it was, you have to really be careful about how things get handled. Because when Mars is retrograde, it is the God of war. And so if you initiate any kind of conflict during a Mars retrograde, it can blow up in your face, boomerang. You know, suddenly you're the bad guy um, when you were trying to make something right or, you know, whatever. Life has lots of different moments where things can become conflicts or oppositions. And um, mm -hmm. so personally, the fact that Mars- Or you could regret it for some other reason. Yeah, the mm -hmm. fact that Mars, after all this time on the 13th, goes direct is like, Hallelujah. I just want to get on my knees and say, yay, because <laughs> it just uh, feels like the world is moving forward again for me personally. That's how I feel. Does it it's feel like been... you're like dragging your feet? Like Absolutely. it's hard for you to get things done and whatnot? Well, and Mars retrograde in Gemini and Ann Ortley really said it the best. She's a great astrologer. I'd highly recommend her channel. Anne said, just expect to do everything twice. Like, the whole last six and a half months has been nothing's going to work the first time. Just get used to it. Don't take it personally. Try not to freak out. But by the way, this is going to happen because Gemini's the twins and Mars retrograde in Gemini. Everything's going to be done twice. And I am just so over it. <laughs> yeah. So I can believe that because your Mars is on your ascendant. So now, it feels like there's yeah. a handbrake on for a really long mm -hmm. time. What's that stinky Bernie smell? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, I it, have felt that in my for for me, uh, Mars is visiting my eighth house. Hmm. Uh, that's where Gemini is in my chart. Um, 
And so you also want to consider where it is. Gemini is in my eighth house. And I actually have Mars in Gemini. And it has moved mm. over top of Bouncing my Mars back, back and, and forth, forth. <laughs> which yeah. has created some interesting <laughs> things. Now, I knew not to create conflict. So you know what? Someone backstabbed me. Mm. So isn't that interesting that that happened? But I kind of laughed because I'm like, <laughs> all right, you better do that because that's probably not going to turn out very good. <laughs> and yeah. I just kind of laughed at it because I'm, you know, an astrologer and I'm aware of what the energies were. And so then, therefore, I was able to um, surf it a little bit easier. So as Mars goes direct... Thank goodness you were just preparing a few days ago because it's going to be ready for you to go. And it may not be moving very fast at first, Correct. but it's going to move. It's going to it's going to start picking up speed That's finally right. and get the hell out of Gemini. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have a question. Go ahead. go ahead. Now with Mars. OK, now Mars is in Gemini. And we were talking about the houses now like okay perfect example my mars on my chart my birth chart was in the 12th house right okay yeah all right too. so so now when when you look at that so now i should look at it where it's at now well yeah with, you should consider with, where gemini is right so, so but if okay so, is, go I'm ahead sorry. go ahead Lacrosse. well i mean so right now okay so mars is in gemini now but does it mean it's Gemini on my chart? Like I, that's where I get a little confused. Yeah. So there's actually, so astrology is such a beautiful thing because mm -hmm. there's many different ways to consider something. Okay. So typically astrologers will look at where Mars is in your chart. Where is it transiting? Where's it going across? So that's why I say to find Gemini in your chart. So wherever Gemini is and Mars is moving through there, if you have any other planets, Mars is going to light them up. It's going to go action, action, action. Take I'm action. like looking. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. So you want to look. I'm That's fine. Thing, but I'm, I'm like, wait That's a minute. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So you want to find out where's Gemini in your chart? What house is it in? Okay. So that's what you want to pay attention to. And then when Mars is moving through there, you're going to feel it in that area of your life. Uh, okay so okay. it depends on what house it is eighth house is very much about shadow it's also about other people's money it's about um the occult and the people that backstabbed me were part of the occult and psychic uh part of the psychic community and it was fine that they did it because i knew they would regret it when it was over and so mm -hmm. and they already are and so, so that going through, you know, that going through was like, heads up, Mars is going to do this dance in Gemini back and forth like this. Um, and so if you, even if you have no planets there, you're going to feel it at least in that area of your house, probably not as, t as intensely as me, right? Because I have Mars there. My Mars is there. So Mars is moving over top of my Mars, which means I'm probably going to experience it pretty intensely. Now, Brighthawk is talking about a slightly different way to do things, which is to consider where your Mars is. And when a planet goes backwards, 
it could make that area. So you said it's in the 12th house. Yeah. Is it on your ascendant or is it just like in the middle of the 12th house somewhere? It's, um, it's in the, well, it's my ascendant is, is, um, Virgo, but my Mars okay. is in Virgo in the 12th house. Okay. So, so as long as Mars is not within eight degrees of AC, do you see the AC on the left-hand side of your chart in Virgo? Yes. It's a line and it just says AC and it has a number next to mm -hmm. it. Right. Yeah. So if, as long as Mars is not eight degrees away from there, it's uh... not on your ascendant. If it's within eight degrees, then you also have Mars on your ascendant. Oh, okay. So is it is it within eight degrees? No, it's like it's like Mars is like one degree, Mars twelfth house, and then my ascendant is seven degree seventeen degrees. Oh, okay. Virgo. So, so yeah, so it's far enough away. So for you, you would pro you would both probably notice it because I think your ascendant is still in the twelfth house. Very and so when it's in the twelfth house and Mars when it goes retrograde, not so much that it's in Gemini, but the fact that it's going retrograde is going to make it feel like certain things that have to do with the twelfth house are hard, like mm. self-sabotage. So you might find yourself procrastinating or putting things off or getting or or finding it hard to get going on things that you want to do. Um, and you may find yourself sabotaging yourself. You may also find um, psychic abilities and stuff like that a little harder to take action on. OK, because the 12th house rules rules uh, psychic abilities. And it, you know, and it isn't Virgo to Gemini, isn't that a 90 degree angle? So it's a square. So at different times it was squaring. When Mars was going back and forth in Gemini, it was squaring our Mars in Virgo. Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. And because it's a certain amount of degrees away. And that's seen when you look at your chart, when you look at the transits within yeah. your chart. Right. And that's something that, you know, you get to look at when you start to get to know what's going on. So for everyone though, Mars is in Gemini and it's moving around, it's going forward, it's going backwards. And so that's what kind of makes you feel like, especially Mars is about action. So when it's going forward, we feel compelled to do things. But when it's going backwards, we're dragging our feet. <laughs> like, do we have to do Christmas? Right? Okay. <laughs> Shit like that. And then we may also feel like there's two sides to us. And uh, we may lose our temper. And so you got to pay attention to things like that, too. For sure. So, and, and I think with Mars going direct, people should start feeling like, finally, I can get this going. I've been trying to get this going. And that's like, I know that's been a frustrating thing for me, um, trying to get things going. And it's not even in my 12th house. It's just in my eighth house. But it has been making me review some of my shadow pieces. Okay. Because it's Mars and Gemini. And eighth is shadow. Yeah, and eighth is shadow. So it's making me review some of my shadow pieces. And um, but you know, it will depend on your tools to deal with that. You know, 20 20 years ago, I probably would have had a meltdown, but I'm 47 years old and I've learned a lot about trauma and I've learned a lot about shadow. 
So now I tend to be more compassionate and kind to myself and I tend to take it slow. I don't tend to react to anything. I tend to wait and see what happens and see if that will just, if that feeling will just go away. And sometimes it does for me, especially if it doesn't really matter. Like if it's a small, stupid thing, because I noticed with Mars and Gemini, a lot of small, stupid things came up for me. Well, that kind of talks to the Grand Trine in air, which uh -huh. uh, the Grand Trine in air, there's an opportunity to rethink what's really important. What do you really value? Who do you really value? Who are you in relationship with where you're like, I really value this person or I don't. This person doesn't seem like they value me at all. I always feel drained when I'm done with them. So that grand trine in air is an opportunity to really think about your values. Think about, because we have the moon is now moved into Libra and Libra is all about fairness. <clears throat> Libra is, let me just talk about that for a second. Libra is artistic beauty and adaptability, uh, creative, charming, uh, good-natured, very diplomatic. Um, the challenging side of Libra can be indecisive, hmm. self-indulgent, uh, frivolous, um, changeable, you know. I might want this, then I might want that. But the real gift in Moon in Libra is an instinct for fairness and an artistic vision. And the Moon loves that. There's beauty in that. There's balance in that. And um, so we have this grand trine in air <clears throat> and that beautiful Venus energy, the trine in Venus with the trine in and Mars is in there too. So there's a real opportunity that can be a real blessing about taking time to think about things and you might be surprised. You might think, you might find yourself thinking differently about things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there is a T-square with the moon and Mercury and, um, and Chiron, but I, I don't, I'm not too worried about that because to me that I see that T-square and it says, let's have a conversation. And it's, you know, we've had been having that conversation, the moon, Mercury, Chiron, you know, it's a good time to think about your healing. What do you need? Ask for support. Uh, ask for, uh, be clear about asking for your boundaries and stating what your needs are and what's okay, what's not okay. Um, yeah, so I, 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 and, and Jupiter's going to amplify, right? Jupiter is the great amplifier. So again, what I would say, if I haven't said it already, make sure that you're making, that you're mindful about what you're thinking about, that you're filling your head with good thoughts and dreams and visions and not letting yourself go down dark holes that don't get you anywhere you know, worst case scenario type of thing. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Because, you know, we can all awfulize at different times in our lives. And I think this is a time for dreaming. This is a time for, well, I didn't know what I didn't know X number of years ago. And now that we're here and now what's right, what's true, what's real, what's authentic, what, 
you know, what's now? <clears throat> so a lot of energy. I think it's some real positive energy and opportunity. And um, yeah. So, and you might also want to take a look at your chart and find out where Aries is. Mm. So where's Aries at? Because, um, for instance, Aries is in my sixth house of health and daily living. So maybe I'll pick up some new habits. I'll get committed to some new habits. So if you wanted to start new habits and your Aries is in the sixth house, then that's a good time to start. But Juno is about commitment and it's going to be moving into Aries. So wherever Aries is in your chart, take a look and see what house that is. And so you want to look at the, so if you're doing your pie pieces, if you're looking at your chart, it's a circle and it kind of looks like a pie cut into 12 pieces. You want to start on the left-hand side and you want to go down and around, okay? And that's how you count them, 1 through 12. And you want to look at the beginning line. What sign is it in in the beginning line, okay? Assuming you're not using, um, what's it called, full house system? Whole, house, whole system. house system. The whole house system just puts it in. I, I don't do that. I just... The generic one, if you're using astro.com to get your chart, it's going to just show you like the beginning, the first, the, you know, the first line of the piece of pie is going to be in a particular sign. And that's the sign that mostly rules that house for you. Okay. And not that it won't have a mixture of any other signs that might be in there. Some people have a bunch of stuff and that can get more complicated. But for the most part, you'll just see like one, mostly one sign in there. And um, I do believe it has a little bit of both if it has two signs. Like it starts in starts in Virgo and, and, and then the other side of it is Libra, right? Okay. And so just don't worry about that. Just be like, okay, well, it's in Virgo. So what, what you're looking for is where is Aries? Where is Aries in your chart? And pay attention because that area, you'll probably become committed to something. Okay. And if it's in your eighth house, you're like, Hollis, I'm going to become committed to my shadow. No, no. You'll become committed to more like Maybe psychic awareness, maybe handling, helping someone with their money, maybe um, something to do with uh, sex or death, okay? And maybe you'll become committed in that way. And if it's in the 12th house, which is another mysterious house for a lot of people, it's going to, again, be psychic abilities or maybe to a psychic practice or something like that. Um, or it could, hopefully you don't become committed to self-sabotage. Okay. So <laughs> like looking over here, I'm like, where's Aries? <laughs> yeah. So you just want to look for Aries and that's the, it's the one that kind of looks like a V. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, it should be in the seventh house. For me, um, Aries is in the seventh yeah. Yes. Because it sounds right like now. your wheel and mine are similar. So, yeah. <clears throat> so you so could, seventh house is house of relationship, partnership. Mm -hmm. So you could easily uh, find yourself maybe recommitting to your wife, or or it could be something else, more like a business relationship, or committing yourself to a new way of expressing relationship. Yeah, so you have that stellium in Capricorn, and now you're starting to have a stellium in Aries as well, because you've got Juno, yeah. Jupiter, Chiron, 
um, all lighting up Aries. And so that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And wherever Aries is for you, you know, that's the part of your life that's going to affect. So for you lacrosse to be in your relationships and not just love relationships, but other relationships, especially business relationships and things like that. Yeah. Cause Juno, Juno is all about, um, Juno is the queen of heaven. She's the queen of Jupiter. And, um, the, the, uh, key word for Juno is, um, loyalty, um, uh, loyalty and royalty, actually. She sort of stands above all of it because, of course, her husband was known to be a great philanderer. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, Juno is known for loyalty. And, and, and so that energy, what are you loyal to? Juno and Aries, um, what are you committing yourself to? Um, that's that's all part of that energy mm -hmm. okay so we should probably get on to the 14th now okay but the last thing i wanted to say though about this day ah, is sorry. that um is that the mercury and capricorn on both t-squares <clears throat> that tells me very easily that you need to talk about the foundation so be sure you're communicating your foundation and with mercury retrograde you might find some stumbles around that and so you might just need to repeat yourself maybe in a different way. So instead of getting frustrated with it, just be prepared to be able to say things in a different way so that other people understand what you're trying to do, especially like in a work relationship or something else that you're trying to do, a project or something. Well, that's the perfect thing to say because really that kite, lean into the moon in Libra because the moon in Libra is a diplomat. So that will help you use that to, to smooth it out because the kite, the string of the kite, Hollis always tells us, you know, in order to, to get the uplift of the kite, you, ha you have to know which part of the energy you're working with. So the oppositions part is the Venus, the Venus, um, the Venus, Mars, Mercury. Venus opposite Mercury. What is, I, I wrote the symbols. I didn't write the thing. Venus, that's Mercury, right? Or Mars. That's that looks Mars. like Mars to me. Okay. So the, so the broad <laughs> part of the kite is Venus, Mars. And Chiron's at the tip and the, the kite string is the moon. Mm -hmm. So when we want to find that uplift, find that updraft, you want to lean into that Libra, which can be really perfect to help bring balance to the situation. To get the lift. Yeah. So you got this. Just, yeah, just yeah. try to talk about it and that'll help. For sure. And, um, okay. Saturday. And then the 14th. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we still have that stellium going on. So you're still putting the foundation in all week. <laughs> so this is really about coming up with a good system this week. And we do have a T square. Um, it's actually not accurate. I'm sorry for it being there. Because if it brings in the MC and the AC, I have to tell it, I have to tell my chart not to do that. And the MC and the AC only apply if I'm doing a natal reading. So um, if if it if it was your natal chart, your MC, so here's a teaching moment. An MC is what you bring to the world, and that's at the very top of the chart. 
Okay, so this is going to be your career. It could be other things you volunteer for or get involved in. So that would include like drag or activism and things like that. Okay, now right at the bottom of the chart, directly across from the MC is your IC, which is the most intimate parts of you. Now, when you see that on someone's chart, go slow, go gentle, especially if they got a lot of business down there, because that is the gentle sides. And then, so you got the line going up and down in the circle, and then you have the line going across. And on the left-hand side is the AC, and that's your ascendant, and that's what we call your rising sign. And boy, is that important. Christopher, I want to get Christopher Renstrom's book. Um, he just released a book about the rising sign. He is a, pretty sure he's queer, um, astrologer. Um, and he's really good about, he's a really great storyteller. He's on Astro Hub. But his name is Christopher Renstrom. And he just wrote a book about the Ascendant. And it is pretty much where you're going and how you're going about things. And this is really your structure this is how you do things. So Uranus is on my ascendant, which is kind of what makes me a Uranian, which is very queer, okay, which is non-binary, okay, and there are a lot of us queers with Uranus, and in fact, somebody said to me, and I've looked at numerous non-binary identifying people with Uranus on their ascendant also makes us a little bit more like ahead of our time, okay? And it can also make us, every time we go into something, we feel like we have to revolutionize it, which isn't really helpful. It doesn't always make us feel welcomed and people aren't really happy to have us around all the time, okay? Now, there could be other planets there and though you're gonna lead with those planets. So Brighthawk has Mars on hers, so she tends to go very quickly. <laughs> and she also sometimes has a hard time with patience. <laughs> it's time to wait in line, and she's, you know, she's not really ready to do it. And I just laugh and go, okay, you know, because whatever to me. But And I just recognize that we're all individuals. We're all unique, and we're uniquely made these, this way. And so uh, directly across from there, so you got your ascendant on the left, and on your right, you have the descendant. And this is who's attracted to you. This is your polar opposite. Now, this is a hilarious thing to me, because for me, it's, it, for me, I tend to see this side as, yeah, they're totally opposite, and it's a challenge mm. for me to accept those people that are complete opposite of me, where I tend to change quickly and tend to be ahead of the times. And they're back there and 100 years ago studying the tradition and I'm scratching my head going, yeah, but it's 2023, man. Let's do it. Right. And they're still stuck 100 years ago. So. There's a little teaching thing about you that you might find in your descendant can sometimes be your partner will be that sign or you'll find that a lot of your friends have that sign, either their sun or their rising and sometimes their moon sign. It's part of their big three. 
And so that happens to me a lot. I'll be like, of course, of course, of course. Okay. And so I see it as spirit giving me something to learn to embrace the polar opposite of me, which is easier for some of us than others. Right. So, um, so Lilith goes retrograde in Leo. And I thought that was really important because Lilith is really about feminine sexuality. It's about um, independence. It's about female strength. So, and it's going to go retrograde in Leo. And I'm thinking, oh my, are we going to have something else going on Mm. in the news? Because it's in Leo. Mm. And Leo tends to be on stage, tends to be a performer, or something tends to be in the light, in the spotlight for all to see. And so with Lilith going retrograde on this Hmm. day, there could be some news around women's rights or something like that that um, makes us Hmm. have to review things. It just might make, it may not be bad. It could mean that we're reviewing things. It could be that, you know, they finally review that crazy thing that they did, Roe versus Wade thing. They review it and figure out a way to overcome it, okay? So whatever whatever it is, it probably has something to do with feminism. Well, Saturday, Jan- January 14th, is Saturn's day. And the moon is trining Saturn. So Saturn is known for structure. Saturn is known for, yeah, I want to say, I'm going to repeat myself, structure. Foundation. <laughs> Foundation. The system. Yeah. So um, the moon is still in Libra, so a a nice thing, a trine with Saturn is a nice thing there. Um, You know how previously, a couple days ago, we had a sun-moon trine. Now we have a sun-moon square. So that becomes more of a little bit more of a challenging conversation with the sun in Capricorn. Well, what are you going to do about it? And the moon in in Libra. Um, So... The other piece there is now the moon is in opposition to Chiron, you know, so everything keeps moving, right? So now it's directly looking across. So the energy just keeps moving a little bit for sure. And um, it's the last quarter on the 14th and the 15th. It's the last quarter of the moon, the last crescent moon, right? So it's that last bit of shedding You know, you're going to start thinking about the intentions you're making in the new moon for the next new moon, but you're finishing up, you're giving gratitude, you're harvesting whatever it is that you worked on this moon. And now the moon um, on Sunday, which is the sun's day, enters Scorpio. So Scorpio, as you know, is the sign of death and regeneration. So when the moon enters Scorpio, it very much clicks into a very spiritual way of looking at things. The moon in Scorpio is very spiritual in its nature. It's very intense in its feelings um, and clever at hiding those feelings because Scorpios usually don't like, they like to keep secrets and they don't like other people to know what they're thinking, feeling, what secrets they might have. Um, The power part of a moon in Scorpio is there's great willpower. Scorpios, when they set their mind, boom, it is commitment. Also intuitive and truthful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, sensuous, uh, flair for influencing others for sure. Scorpio is imaginative, uh, Scorpio moon, let's be very clear, is imaginative, determined, ambitious. And like I said, Scorpio moon, it's going to be intense feelings and emotional. On the challenge side, can be obstinate, it can be secretive. I think I just said that. Jealous, resentful, and um, domineering. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's always a range. We're always talking about a range. But the thing that I would say more than anything is the moon in Scorpio is spiritual. And um, and that makes me think, though, um, yeah, it makes me think about this, um, the north node in and the south node in Scorpio and the north node in Taurus, because they're going to start going forward. And so when I think about the nodes, and I, I'm looking forward to my node class that I'm going to take, but um, I've taken a few classes about the nodes. I find them fascinating because they sometimes line up in a certain way when people pass, like at the end of people's lives, especially oh, wow. if it's like a natural death. Usually suicide is, is uh, not helpful, by the way. Uh, you usually end up having to come back and do it again, just letting you know. Uh, so suicide is not really a smart idea. You think you're going to be done, but you're not. And um, so what usually happens if a person dies naturally or from like an accident or something that was kind of out of their control, um, the nodes line up sometimes. It will line up on their ascendant, uh, the north node. Um, sometimes if their south node, if their death had something to do with their past life. And so that's why the nodes are fascinating to me. And so I think about, okay, so what happens when the nodes go backwards, when the nodes are usually going backwards? Well, it's unwinding our future, right? And it's kind of winding up where we came from, right? Because the south node and the north node are always in opposition to each other, okay? And they're always pushing on each other. And so when what in their normal direction, the north they're they're retrograde. So that makes me think the south node is kind of rolling up your scroll to send mm. to the 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 um send to the, your records, and and the north node is unwinding your future. Okay, now when it starts to go forward, I feel like we have to go back and review. And so uh, the south, so when it goes forward, the opposite happens. Yeah, exactly. We kind of move mm. back away a little bit, and the south node opens up more for us. And we may be reflecting on where we came from, where, where we've been, and how far we've come. Mm. So that's pretty much, that's the big thing on January the 15th, in my that's opinion, because the north, the nodes, and it will only be that way for a little while, um, and then it will move back. And so I feel like with the nodes, like and in the south node in Scorpio is very psychic. So if I was going to suggest that you were doing a past life regression to get in touch more, um, I would suggest that you do it on this day or forward from here. So the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, that weekend, I would do it around there 
just to, to like, especially with Scorpio, because Scorpio is so psychic and it's very good at getting to the root of something. Mm -hmm. So if you have something going on that you're like, I think this is a past life or something, um, then you want to go ahead and review those records. This would be a good time to do it. So um, I, I even do some of those types of readings for people um, <clears throat> to help them get in touch with those records. We all, there's a belief system in that somewhere in the universe, there is sort of a record of everyone's past and future lives. Okay. And, um, and I, I would agree with that. Um, I, and some of us are more aware of it than others. And that apparently shows up in your astrology chart. Because <laughs> Hawk took an interesting class at the uh, astrology conference for that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I just want to say that, you know, in, if you're thinking about doing any kind of past life regression or anything like that, that's a good day to do it. January the 15th. Yeah. Really out in time. The net mm -hmm. change. Yeah. Or, or any day after that for, for probably about a week or so. Okay. So I'm going to pull three cards and did you have anything you wanted to add, Lacrosse? Uh, yeah, kind of. I was thinking about it. the whole, uh, uh, like I, I wrote a lot of notes down, but I think the, the one thing I wanted to mention is um, with the geese, back to the geese, of course, because I'm going to stay focused on that because that's, this is the season. Um we were talking about loyalty and royalty and uh, geese are ridiculously loyal. Now, some people think, Oh, that's wonderful. When they're goslings, if they see a cup, they will be loyal to that cup as a parent. So the loyalty really isn't loyalty is good, but don't be blinded on who you're giving your loyalty to, which coincides with what you were talking about. You know, follow that that you know it's it it be smart about it don't just give your loyalty to anybody don't be so open with it and the truth is let people learn it you know i mean i look at it you know you want to be my friend this is a mutual thing you you got to earn it i'm not just going to trust you from the door once you get it i will be loyal you know and that's that's kind of how how you got to take with the geese don't 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 be loyal to a cup so <laughs> I think that's such a good reminder. Yeah, yeah. It really is because we see so much codependence in this world of ours, you know, trying to, uh, what do they say, go along to get along kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. And then you end up loyal to a cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it would be better to just walk away before it goes bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've, tried to, I've tried to find that sweet spot. Go, walk away before it gets bad. How do you walk away before it gets bad? And so that's kind of something I've tried to pay attention to. Yeah. So you're gonna do a reading for us. Yeah. So I'm gonna pull three cards. cards. Have to say thank you, Lacrosse, for talking about that. I appreciate you bringing in the animal or whatever um, is appropriate in that time. Usually it's an animal, yeah. And yeah. so um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because uh, it helps us. It helps us really understand. You know what I heard somebody say, and now I wish I remembered who it was, but um, somebody said, you know, astrology is a really interesting thing because people will come up with their own way. Like 
they'll kind of learn the basics or something and then they'll skip over a whole bunch of things that somebody else does and they'll come up with their own way of doing it mm-hmm. and they're right too right right and it's like wow and i think it's because it has a lot to do with intuition and mm-hmm. i think that when we listen to our intuition that's where the magic is mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and and it goes back down to the common denominator everything has a common denominator you know, when you think of astrology, when you think of animal, you know, the guides, you know, things like that, there, there is this consistency with it, you know? Yeah. And things, and it's funny when coming from two completely different perspectives, you get the same answer. And I just think that that's, that's true intuition and magic in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and here's the fun thing, you guys, right? So I pulled three cards and I got this guy again and I totally love this guy. I'm going to pin this up because, oh my gosh, this is like one of my favorite cards of this entire um, deck. This is the Knight of Pentacles and the Knight of Pentacles is a trans man. I'm pretty sure we got this last time or something. Okay. And so uh, he is definitely a trans man on what I would say is sort of the totem animal for trans men, which is uh, a seahorse. Um, Because seahorses, you know, they mother, even though they, um, even though they don't produce the, they, you know, they hold the mother, but they're still the man. Uh, They're still the masculine part of the community. Okay. And they definitely are. They, um, in, in seahorse communities, um they the funny thing is is that they're always holding a baby for some woman uh for some female for some female seahorse because they're all polyamorous Mm. and so they they don't stay with one that's what it means polyamorous many loves but they but they are not they don't just go around they're not just free spirits they have a family and so there could be you know six to eight uh, males for three or four females or something like that and she'll produce the eggs fairly quickly and put them within the males and the males will have to go around and raise these babies until they're done mm-hmm. and this that's why I find this card beautiful because it sort of represents trans men in 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 a really special way and the other beautiful part about it is that you can see that this uh, sort of very noble creature also has a transgender flag around their neck. And you can see that there are like jellyfish around them and there's a lot of support behind them with the ocean and the, um, you know, the plants from the ocean. And you can see that their their, uh, shield here has the symbols. You can see that the one that's landed on his arm is definitely the of both and on the bottom is the female symbol and then the male at the top because it's definitely a matter of both for this for this character this creature and so um i love this card it is very much about having um the foundation having the nurturing ability and the ability to hold and go forward as a knight meaning with strength meaning with um force with um determination and this is a reminder of what we have had in the past 
regarding that kind of energy, especially if you are a trans man, this is meant to um, to speak to that part of you and also to speak to the part of you that is as much nurturing as it is a force heading forward. And so, um, so to hold both of those energies within one, and that's really the entity of this and the resources to do so. So that might be the resources to hold a family within or hold, or hold um, that, that nurturing ability going and so this is to remind you of your strength and your ability to hold things and go forward with them even if you're not a trans man this is a reminder that we all have a part of us that has the resources and the abilities and the support to go forward in a nurturing way it's definitely more on the nurturing side now um the next card is the right now so this is a reminder of what's happening right now and this is supposed to be a beautiful week and this card just aligns with that perfectly it says this is a beautiful week you're getting things done things are coming together look at this you're manifesting your life's dream dreams are coming true well done and that's essentially what this card is it's all about the beautiful it's the sun card so the sun card um this sun card has a sun that's kind of throwing up rainbows uh because life is so good right with the butterfly of transformation on their head and a and a crown which very much for drag uh and other queers usually indicates a level of mastery and so you have done it you have gotten there great job with the people in the background celebrating with balloons and that's pretty much what this is about it's a celebration and it's a, a, a take this energy and really you know really soak up this week and soak up whatever feels good to you whether it's the movement forward finally or the feeling of things coming together that could feel really good for you or new commitments and new relationships and things like that so just just be ready to embrace the goodness that's coming to you and for the future this is one of my other favorite cards because this is interesting that this is the one that always makes me think of trans women why well very simply first of all um you know she's very strong and she's got her she's got her strength within her the queen of swords the queen of swords is very much already knows what needs to be done and a lot of trans women will talk about how when they transition um when people thought they were a man versus their real self as a trans woman they'll say that people you know there's a part of them that kind of can see where male privilege was and how they could just do things and push forward through things and now they're doing it in a woman's body and how people see that so much differently and how they are now presenting as a woman and and people are like wow you have a lot of something going on there <laughs> and so um i've seen many trans women go through that and it's beautiful when it does because it always reminds me of the strength of trans women because they have a lot of strength and that's exactly what this is about this is about having the strength and the swords which is not only having the thoughts of what must be done but also the actions of what's, what must be done. And this is about putting those actions forward with 
spirit at your side, which is represented here by a hawk. And so the hawk is there on the um, on the sword and he's just, or I guess it's a perch. It's actually a perch. And so he's just kind of watching out for you in a great way. And that's kind of, in my opinion, that spirit watching out for you in a really good way with a big picture saying, good job. This is exactly what I want you to do. This has a lot to do with your big picture. And you can see that she's got transformation on her head. Those are butterflies. Hmm. So if you can see that. Those are butterflies on her head, like a crown of butterflies, because she has fully transitioned. And that's the other thing that makes me feel. The interesting about this is that it's in black and white. And so I believe that it's very much about, it's very simply in black and white. They are doing what they're doing. This could absolutely represent, um, you know, contracts or things coming into, coming into, fruition for you, things being in black and white, in other words, things being written down and being a little bit more permanent, okay? And so remember that, I think it's interesting, we have both trans men and trans women represented this time. Um, so, you know, remember in the past, remember your resources and the movement forward, even with all of your nurturing intact, and that this week is meant to be easy and simpler and flowy so take it take it and harvest each day with the magnificence that it is and allow it to be magnificent and make sure you take those actions that are especially um you know touched by spirit where spirit said yeah do that that's part of your big picture do it take the steps and that's pretty much what this is all about is that strong woman that's ready to make the steps forward so, um, yeah, so please take what you like and leave everything else for someone else. <laughs> well, this was good. Okay. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much because I'm like, after this, I'm just like, oh, I got to start looking for, I'm going to look for my, for my MC, my IC. I'm going to start looking for all of that. <laughs> good. I took good. my notes. Yeah. That's okay. It's really a great way to like kind of cut your chart in like, yeah you know in quarters so then you can you know start to really see how things unflow because the houses actually have to do with those quarters mm. for sure mm. yeah and so it can help you memorize and understand the house system yeah so the houses flow into each other and they definitely have a lot to do with those four points because mm. like the first house is your identity right and your ascendant is is the first line of the first house and that's how you do things. That's how you live. That's how you are, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that that's your, it's all about you. It just means that that's you of who you are is more defined than maybe somebody um, that has an empty house. That's all. And, and you, you know, it starts to get, the, the detail starts to get more and more interesting as you get down farther into it because what you start to realize is there's a difference between your ascendant in the 12th house versus your ascendant lands in the first house. Because remember, it's going to be right on that line. It's going to be either series, set a, a small number of degrees on either side of that. So I've been learning about that because of that 12th house stellium. And I, I've understood stuff this week studying about Mars and what that meant. Well, I guess the last two weeks. 
that led to major ahas about that's why I have no freaking patience. <laughs> I've given myself a really hard time about that my whole life. Yeah. The bottom Same. line is that's just who I am. I'm just not a super patient person. Yeah. It's just when it comes to that Mars. And so I have to lean into something else if I want to find my patience, which the Virgo, the 12th house Virgo, can be very patient. You know, Virgo has a lot of stamina. So, yeah, there's all these different ways of looking at things. And I, I think I've said this before on the show. You know, I learned so much from the one of the readings that um, Hollis gave me for my birthday many, many years ago. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> God, it was probably like 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> And it was such a gift because there's, you know, I have a freckle on my arm and I've been trying to rub it out for the longest time. And finally you go, oh, that's just part of me. I should stop trying to rub that out. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, not only stop trying to change what's core in you, but really making friends with all of you. You know, it sounds so cliche, but it really isn't. The more we can make friends with all of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the more we understand who we are, why we came, and what we need to learn in this lifetime. We have, we all have our ugly so we can learn. You know, if we don't get challenged, we never transform. Right. So knowing what the challenges are that you came in with, like the Chiron conversation we had earlier, helps you so much understand, oh, so what you're saying is if I get mastery in this little area, everything's going to work. Yes. Like we don't like to, you know, get into the muck, but that's usually where the gold is. You know, there's yeah, something yeah. about being willing to do the work. We've said it so many times with Saturn, you know, Saturn is the task master. You must do your work. But if you do, when you get to those challenging Saturn aspects, there's rewards. Mm -hmm, for sure. If you don't, there's what I call spiritual two by fours. And they <laughs> fucking hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all been hit by one usually in our Saturn turn. So we'd rather not, you know? 100%. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's a great week, especially with Mars going direct. What a blessing. What a blessing, mm -hmm. blessing, blessing. <laughs> I love I it. I'm so grateful. Yeah. yeah. Thankful. <laughs> All right, friends. All right. Well, we appreciate you. Please let us know what you think. Please let us know any questions. We'd love to answer your questions and we'd love to address them. I'm happy to happy to try to answer your questions about your chart. Just post them in the just post them in the chat below and I'll do what I can to try to answer your question. And subscribe. Please hit the little bells or whatever it needs to so that you get notifications of our next um of our next post okay so enjoy and thank you thanks so much thank bye you everybody have a great week bye, bye thank you for listening to this week's soul astrology and subscribing liking sharing and reviewing we hope you enjoy this dose of soul astrology and encourage you to embrace the week ahead with an open mind and heart so that you may integrate the deepest of lessons from the stars 
Take a moment to step outside and honor the planet, stars, and moon in the sky with your heart. Integrate the messages that resonate and leave the rest for someone else. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Always remember that you are a perfectly unique human with an exclusive star map of your destiny, your soul purpose, and your heart's desire. Thank you again for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.